Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Tuesday morning. Thanks for joining us at Super Talk dot fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from we appreciate all you guys out there our great listeners especially our service minimum out there taking care of us we want to thank our sponsors over at strange brew coffee house and churning spoon ice cream start your day the right way the trip to the drive through over at strange brew coffee house here in starville or in tuscaloosa or at brupolo in tupelo it'd be a little weird robbie if brupolo was in roxy roxy yeah that sounds like an exciting place Want to guess the county? Mm. Is it in the Delta? No. Mm. South Mississippi. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Some uh like Pine Belt area? No. Where is it? Franklin County. Oh, okay. It's uh, let's see if I can find. Well, I don't. This isn't a good map, but it's uh, yeah, it's in Western Franklin County. Eighty four ninety eight passed through it. It's uh, twenty two miles from Natchez. I bet it's a fine place. Fine place with fine people. And if those people want Strange Brew Coffee, all they've got to do is order it online at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. Shipped right to you. Whatever kind of coffee machine sits on your front counter, we got you covered at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com is the place to find the maroon and white merchandise that you are looking for. Two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell, or you can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Whatever it is you're looking for that's maroon and white, they've got you covered at College Corner. Restaurant Tyler is Starkville's flagship restaurant. It's just the best restaurant in town, and there's just no there's just no getting around that fact to other restaurants, I, I'm going to use, I'm going to cut a wrestling promo here. When other restaurants hear me say that, that's not an insult. It's just a fact of life. Yeah. So when I want to use a spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not a prediction. It's not a prediction. It's a spoiler. Absolutely correct. So when you're looking for a great meat and two for lunch, when you're looking for fine dining at dinner, or you want to hit up a Sunday brunch that's the best in town. They're all in the same location, right there at the corner of Washington and Maine Restaurant, Tyler. Priority One Bank, 16 locations across central Mississippi, and they know how to take care of you. Each branch is handling its own decisions when it comes to loans. That's a big deal. You know, you don't want to have to deal with, you know, these are this person is your banker. That's the person you talk to. You don't want them having to pass a decision up the line to someone who's never met you and doesn't know you. You get that kind of quality service when you deal with Priority One Bank. We talk about buy local, we talk about shop local, eat local, bank local, just as important. 
16 locations. Check them out at PriorityOneBank.com. Make, let Priority One Bank make you their priority. We got some basketball. Uh, I, I got some issues with some basketball stuff. We're going to talk about that in the second half of the show. But for the first time in a few weeks, and let's give a lot of credit to Coach Chris Jans. He has kept up. You know, this time last year, buddy, you and I had already gone deep into football. We were into football, but football, you know, and, and we're doing some. At this point, we're just like, what's going on with the baseball team? But we 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 were not talking a lot of basketball. So we have been talking basketball because the team's been good. But spring practice starts uh, this afternoon at at in Starkville. The start, the real true start of the Zach Arnett era, a new look of everything uh, here at Mississippi State on offense. Obviously, that's where the biggest changes are going to be. And we're, you know, it's time to do some positional breakdowns. And Robbie, the first thing that occurs to me with this, we've spent the last you know two and a half years looking at Will Rogers, and and everybody has talked about Will Rogers and said, look. Good kid, good leader. But these stats he puts up are because of this system, right? It's the air raid system. He's going to throw for 4,000 yards. He's going to throw for 30 touchdowns. It would be a disappointment if he wasn't. I see this new offense as a huge opportunity for Will Rogers to, you know, really enhance not only his own uh, legacy, not in, in, in the not only at Mississippi State, but in the SEC. But also in terms of NFL stock, because if he is successful in this offense, which is a totally different offense, is going to require a whole different skill set from him. He's going to have to push the ball down the field more. If he can be successful in this offense, and obviously the numbers won't be the same, he'll be doing good if he you know is around 32, 3,300 yards passing. He'll be doing good around 25, 26 touchdowns. But if he's successful, what do you say about Will Rogers then? Because I feel like at that point it's like okay, the kid is a good good quarterback. Yeah, uh, you got to because right now he's tied to this air raid system. Nobody's giving him any respect in that regard. It's considered kind of a gimmick offense for a lot of people. If he's successful in this offense, you have to consider that maybe he's good. You know, um, and it, it, he should have gotten a little more credit than he did anyway. Mm-hmm running the air raid offense, but that's just – it just comes with the territory. Now that that's not, you know, the stigma around him, the the dark cloud in some respects, um, you know, he has an opportunity here to really cement himself as one of the great quarterbacks in Mississippi State. And three years in, he's already broken just about every record at Mississippi State. He should already be in that category, but – this is a chance for him now to, to come out and, and really stamp his legacy at Mississippi State and show that he is one of the most successful, one of the best quarterbacks that the school has ever had. And, um, you know, he's put in the work. I feel I still feel like this offense is an offense that can allow him to do that a little bit more, that can allow him to be um, less of a, a system quarterback and more of just a pure quarterback. Uh, and I, I think this is going to be better for him, too. I've, I've always felt like this is an offense that can take a little more pressure off of him at that position. So he's got a chance to take a good step forward in that legacy that he's leaving at Mississippi State. I think it's going to be incredibly difficult to for anybody to replace him as the starter at Mississippi State this year. And uh, I know there's a lot of concerns on how he's going to run this offense, but I, I think that he could uh, run this offense just fine. I think, you know, 
first the first and foremost, the the good news for for Rodgers in this offense is plenty of weapons around him in the backfield and at the wide receiver position. You know, I think we all think that Tulu Griffin is going to have a a massive year for Mississippi State. We're all excited about the potential that Justin Robinson showed late in the season last year, taking over that outside spot where Ra Ra Thomas was. You you know you've recruited well at receiver. You've got depth there. Xavier Thomas is another one. Uh, and then in the backfield, Jaquavius Marks and Simeon Price have shown you plenty. I, I think that, you know, you've been good there. you got to figure out what you're going to do at the tight end position. You know, you're bringing in a couple of guys in Spivey and Goaty that you you feel good about, but, you know, the production has not, for in their college career, we just have to be honest, it's, it's not, you know, there's not proven commodities as much. The offensive line also should be in good shape there. You return, what, four starters there. you got to find a new center, but... By and large, you're in good shape there. So everything around Rodgers is built for him to succeed. And Barbe has been a successful offensive coordinator. Chase Bryce had really solid numbers under him a season ago at App State. There's no excuses for Will Rodgers at this point. All right, this is a guy he's seen it all. There's no, there's no coverage. There's no defense that he hasn't seen. He should be ready for anything. It's all going to be on him. If he delivers, it's going to mean two things. One, Mississippi State's going to be very successful. And two, he is going to be very successful. And that that puts him in, in, in a chance to, you know, like I said, I feel like everybody kind of just sort of shrugged him off last year. You know, you think back to preseason All-SEC, I had him voted second team. Now, granted, he did not have an All-SEC season last year. He did take a, a, a step back. But... Preseason, I mean, I just thought he made sense because, gosh, he's going to pile up a ton of numbers. And I don't feel like people gave him the credit he deserved after his first full year as a starter, where he threw for over 4,000 yards. He threw for almost almost 5,000 yards. And he threw for a ton of touchdowns and not a lot of interceptions. So I'm interested to see what this new offense does for Will Rogers. Um, I think that it, it, I think that putting more emphasis on the running game is going to help him. You know, and I, I'm not I'm not one of these old old school guys who's like you got to run to set up the pass. You know, I understand that college football is a little different nowadays, but you still have to run and be successful. And State's offense last year showed us that. They showed us that when they ran the football, they were successful, and when they did, didn't run the football, they weren't. And it's just as simple as that. And I, you know, Marks is going to be a big part of what they do this year, as is Price, and then I would imagine as is I think Jeff Pittman is probably going to fill that role as more of like the workhorse, the third and short guy that you know Dylan Johnson would have filled had he stayed at Mississippi State. For Rodgers, obviously, a lot to work with. And then you have the addition of Mike Wright. I, I, I agree with what you're saying that I don't believe, you know, Will Rogers, I believe, is going to be the starting quarterback all season long, barring an injury. But Mike Wright's presence does provide some real legitimate competition going into the spring. And he also provides a player that you can scheme some packages and play calls around because he has the different skill set. I would imagine Mike Wright is a guy who's going to see five or six snaps a game at the quarterback position, and then they might try to find different ways to use him from there. But you are going to see some third and one, third, maybe not third and one, third and one, third and short. They might just keep Rodgers in and sneak it and go from there. But third and two, third and threes, you're going to see him in there to provide you some RPO looks. Yeah, and I think that would be really ideal for for MSU. You don't want to waste a guy like Mike Wright. He's going to be one of your most talented guys, really, on the offensive side of the ball from a pure talent standpoint. 
Um, the speed that he possesses, good size kid. I mean, you can utilize him in a lot of different ways. And I, I get the sense that Barbe is kind of one of those guys that can scheme some things for guys like that. It's not going to be straight up like the air raid. You know, you have your four wide receivers. You have your you, you might have two running backs in there. You're running the mesh and crossing routes and things like that. Th- this is an offense that can be very multiple. They can get under center. They can run with an up back. They can run with a with a couple of tight ends. I mean, they can do a lot of different things here. And I think it would be wasteful to have Mike Wright just standing on the sidelines with headset on. Right. I think you've got to utilize him. Like you said, I mean, seven or eight times a game. I think that's great. I th- put him out there, wide receiver, line him up as a decoy, put him in motion, hand the ball off to him. We've seen, we've seen what he was been able to do when he has the ball in his hands, when he's uh, running or, you know, as a passer, it wasn't great, but he's a guy that can that's more than serviceable there as a passer. I mean, he's a quarterback in the SEC. So, I mean, he's, he could come in there and throw some passes for you too. But utilizing him in some form or fashion, even if it's as a decoy, would be beneficial, I think, for this offense. And it's going to help Will Rogers out too. Because Will Strong so does not run the football. But you have you're going to have options back there to hand the ball off to, or um, you know, even Tulu going in motion, and, and you got a jet sweep with him, or, or something like that. There's a lot of things that you can do with guys like Mike Wright, and I think it's beneficial for for Will. It's beneficial for this offense as a whole. It's just going to make this offense more difficult to defend, and that's your goal as an offense. You want to be a difficult team to defend you don't want to be a one-dimensional team you don't want to be a a team that you know you look at a certain formation you know exactly what's coming um you want to be able to have a little bit window dressing here and there and um make defenses guess that's how you really have success in the offensive side of the ball you keep a defense off balance so um should be interesting i'm really really interested to see what this offense looks like this week like that that's the most exciting thing about coming into the spring practice is you have a new head coach, you have a new offense completely, um, and you have some new pieces out there too. So we get a chance to see on Tuesday a little bit of what all that looks like. I'm really pumped about that. And then there's the guy that we all want to know about, and that's Chris Parson. Now, Parson is is a participant in spring practice, but – Still recovering from an injury that he suffered during the uh, his his senior year of, of high school football. I'll be honest. Let's 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 talk. You know, we have to play these hypotheticals. I think we're gonna have to play them on almost every positional breakdown. I think if Mike Leach had, had, had was still here, that you would have seen something similar with Parson that you were gonna see with Mike Wright this year. Because I don't think Mike Wright would be here if if if. Uh, Mike Leach was still here. He'd still probably still have Sawyer Robertson and, and Braden Locke, and you wouldn't, yeah. you, know, you wouldn't have hit the transfer market. For <clears throat> you would have at least had one of those guys, right? So I think Parson would have had some packages though to get to get him on the field to use his mobility. Now, with since you have Mike Wright, I, I feel like Parson is just going to redshirt this year, and that's all going to be it. So this spring is just about acclimation and getting him, you know, into into the offense. Yeah, I, I don't think they're going to push him at all. I mean, he had that knee injury. Seems to be back pretty regularly right now as far as workouts and stuff. I don't think he's going to be 
and just you know too terribly limited in the spring. But there's no reason to rush him. This is what Mike Wright's for. You get a chance to kind of bridge the gap between the the two quarterbacks. So I don't think there's any reason to to really rush him at all. Just kind of let him go through the motions, let him learn at a slow pace. There's no reason to throw a lot at him. You have a luxury now of having another SEC quarterback that started at another SEC school come in now that's competing with with Will Rogers, and I think that's that's very good for a guy like Chris Parson. Um, but this is a good spring for him too. I mean, that's you get a. a few months head start on, on the rest of the crew in your class and you get to learn a little bit, get in the playbook, slowly be brought along. I mean, this is this is a really good scenario for MSU quarterbacks. What are your expectations of Rodgers this year? That's a good question. I, I really want to see these first few practices to see how he's handling the offense. I think he's gonna be fine. I think he's I think he'll have a good season. I think the big thing for, for Mississippi State is you're not relying heavily on the pass. You're going to have an offense that's built around the run. I know you said you don't really agree with, you know, establishing the run to set up the pass. I'm still a firm believer in that. Um well, go ahead. let me let me let me let me clarify that because I, what I'm I'm not saying that running a healthy running game doesn't help the passing game. What I'm just saying is you, you don't there are teams that pass effectively without running the football a whole lot, is what I'm trying to say. I mean, Leach, they, they did it last year at Mississippi State, and then the last two years. So, like the old days of you know, you, you got it. You got to set up the run first. You can come out throwing the ball, is what I, I'm trying to say. Well, I I just, you just don't have to think have a reliable that, running game. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can come out. I mean, I don't think that's not really what I mean. I don't think that you okay. have to run the football. Before you start passing, I don't. I don't think that at all. What I mean is, I feel like you have to have a running game that is a threat to be a productive offense, especially in this league. You, you've got to be able to, if you want to run the football, you can run it, and and defenses have to know that. Um, and you know, state did come out and pass the ball, but I don't think that their offense was uh, as effective against really good defenses by doing that. So I think it's going to be good for Will Rogers to have two running backs that that I think can really go, and Simeon Price and Woody Marks, and then I'm excited about Jeffrey Pittman, and we'll see on um, on Seth Davis. Mm-hmm. But I think that's going to to do nothing but make things easier for Will Rogers. Yeah, and I think we'll start seeing that in the spring. We'll start seeing a more fluid offense. I think we'll talk more about Seth Davis when we do the running backs, but. He strikes me as a guy who can add to MSU's uh, wealth of talent in the return game. You know, good. you have two, you know, obviously Tulu and <laughs> and you have uh, Zavion Thomas, but I feel like Seth Davis can make a, a statement there too in his, in his freshman year <clears throat> for Mississippi State. So interesting year for Will Rogers. Um, a guy who, you know, still has an opportunity to become the all-time leading passer in SEC history. He would have to have a, a good season to do that, but that's still within his grasp. And just just, just a guy who, you know, like I said earlier, there's nothing that should phase him. So if he, you know, he's got, and he's got tools around him 
I feel like you can predict him to be successful this year. If he's not successful early in this year, I think that Mississippi State would make a change, but I, I think he will be successful. Yeah. And, and if he's not successful, I mean, you can't blame the offense for him not being successful. It's, you know, he's just not, it, it would be the fact that just he's not versatile enough to run offenses in this league outside of the air raid. And I don't think that's the case. I think that he can run that offense, and I think he can run multiple offenses. Um, now, he's not a guy that you're going to bring out there like a Nick Fitzgerald or a Dak Prescott and run the read option with routinely. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do think that he can run multiple offenses in this league and be successful at it, and I think he's going to do that this year. I agree. I agree. All right, let's switch over to basketball, and that's brought to you by our good friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council who want to remind you that beef – it's what's for dinner. Shout out to one of our listeners, uh, Robbie. Uh, let me make sure I get his name right here. Uh, Barrett Logan sent us pictures of a fine-looking brisket that he smoked this week. I think it looks outstanding. If you got the time, brisket is always uh, the way to go. But, hey, if you're looking for a quick meal, you can fire up the grill and put a couple of steaks on there and be eating dinner in no time flat. Same with some burgers, man. Make, make them quick. That's the great thing about beef. If you want to have a long cook, you can do that. But if you're looking for a quick meal, Beef can provide that as well. It's so versatile, so great, and, of course, it is delicious. When you head to the grocery store, make sure you're putting beef in the shopping cart. Your family will thank you, as will our 15,000 beef producers here in the state of Mississippi. Beef, it's what's for dinner, thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. Wednesday, are we Are we going? We're going? We're going? What are we doing? We going? Talk to me. Talk to me. Sorry, I, I, I was listening to uh, an audio message by our friend, okay, John Sokoloff. I will send that letter. Uh, yes, we we will we will go to Brothers this week. Yay! All right, that's that's see now that that's done. I can I can focus on. on I need things. to get Big Daddy on board. Bring Big Daddy. You tell him I said I want him to come eat lunch with us. Absolutely. We went by Nails the other day, and he was like, "That's where that's where you got to take Hey Dad." We haven't been. We 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 keep talking about <clears> it. We'll, whenever you're ready. We got to bring that back to the Mississippi Beef Council. So, this week, Robbie and I will be at Two Brothers. We hope that you will stop by as well. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy a great meal every time at the home of smoked Southern Soul Food, Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Great products and great service is what every business likes to promise you. But Advantage Business Systems, they prefer to deliver it to you. And they have been for 48 years. 48 years. That's a long time. That's a long time to be doing business in this state, and you can only do it when you take care of your customers. When you need technology for your business, call Advantage Business Systems, and then when you need service, you call them right back, and you're talking to the same people who made you the sale. No out-of-state consultants, no overseas call centers, just a native Mississippian talking to you the same way I'm doing right now. Maybe a little more, you know, a little more helpful than I could be because I don't know a lot about business technology, but they do at Advantage Business Systems. Call them at 601 362-9192 or visit them online, absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. The Rogue in Jackson, the Collegiate Collection, great name brand products, the logos you want, and the kind of service you expect when you're talking about one of the South's top men's clothing stores. And don't forget, when you shop at the Rogue, you're supporting Bulldog Athletics. You're supporting the Bulldog Initiative and Bulldog NIL. That is where... You want to shop. So great stuff in the collegiate collection. Check it out at the store. Check it out 
uh, online at therogue.com. And, of course, they're always putting up uh, shots of the new stuff as they bring it in on their Instagram page, the Rogue JX. And don't live the three-stripe life. Shop at the Rogue. In Startville, I'm going to be honest with you, Startville. Your breakfast options were kind of limited, right? We got a couple of places that are good for stopping and getting a full-service breakfast. But other than that, you're kind of stuck to fast food. That's why I'm excited about what's going on at Dolce, bringing back bagels. And not New, not New York-style bagels. These are New York bagels, all right? If you've opened this, this place and you put these bagels out on the corner of, of 110th and whatever, nobody's saying anything to you. Wouldn't know the difference. Wouldn't know the difference. So, head over to Dolce. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, they're open at 8 a.m. selling bagels, breakfast sandwiches, and, of course, they've got a great lineup of coffees as well. And then in the afternoon, if you want a little sweet treat, treat treat yourself to some gelato at Dolce. 509 University Drive, open Tuesday through Sunday, and breakfast on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, 8 a.m. 509 University Drive, that's Dolce. Some awards getting handed out today in the world of college basketball. We start here in the state of Mississippi where the uh, Hal and Grissom trophies were awarded and Tolu Smith, to probably no one's surprise, has been named as the uh, the Hal trophy winner. Uh, five of the last six winners of this award have been Mississippi State Bulldogs. The only rebel in there is Devontae Shuler. Ten out of the 19 awards total have gone to uh, Mississippi State. Uh, I'm sorry, 11. No, 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 that's wrong. That's 10. 10. 10 out of 19 have gone to Mississippi State basketball players. Tolu Smith, I will be honest, as a voter for this award, when I sent in my finalists, I I thought I would end up voting for Austin Crowley at uh, Southern Miss. That was about, that was like early or mid-January. I was like, okay, I'm probably, Crowley, if I had to vote for the winner today, would be my winner. But Mr. Crowley. Is but, it Crowley or Crowley? I think it's Crowley. I don't know. I think it's Crowley. You want to be honest? <clears throat> you want me to be honest? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what his name is. But over the last month of the season, Tolu Smith played better and better and better, and he ended up getting my vote um, for the uh, the Howell Trophy. So congrats to him uh, for that. For that. Also, Tolu named uh, first team all SEC uh, earlier today. I I told you the guys like, you know it's it's they they list eight players on the first team. There's no way he's not one of them. Well, he was. Uh SEC first team, where did it go? I had it right there. Uh Brandon Miller, Colin Castleton, Oscar Sheboy, Tolu Smith, Kobe Brown from Missouri, Santiago Vescovi, Wade Taylor and Liam Robbins. That's a heck of a front court there. Let's go ahead and tell you. I, I would not want to take those guys on. Castleton, Shebway, Tolu, and Robbins. I mean, if I'm allowed to play eight on five, I'm definitely getting all the rebounds uh, there. No other MSU players named second team, uh, all defensive team, or all freshman team. I'm a little, I, I could be, I could be talked into DJ Jeffries maybe being on the all defensive team or maybe Cam Matthews as well, but they didn't make it. Uh, player of the year. I'm sure there was a little bad taste in the mouth when they named Brandon Miller the SEC Player of the Year, but the stats don't lie. He definitely is deserving of that. Uh, He's also named Freshman of the Year. No surprise there. Defensive Player of the Year, Liam Robbins from Vanderbilt. Good choice there. No issues there. Here's where I have an issue. 
They named co-coaches of the year. These are named by the SEC coaches. <clears throat> co-coaches of the year. So two guys split this award, and neither one of them are named Chris Chans. Buzz Williams and Jerry Stackhouse. Now, Buzz Williams, I don't have a huge issue with that, right? His team has been really good this year. They've overachieved. Uh, they finished second in the conference. No problem. Stackhouse's team is not going to the NCAA tournament unless they win the SEC tournament. Simple as I mean, maybe if they got to Sunday, they could get in. Maybe. But I don't think that's going to happen. And I, I agree, Stackhouse did a good job this year. I, I definitely wouldn't disagree with that. But are we going to really sit there with a straight face and tell me that Jerry Stackhouse did a better job than Chris Jans did? Or Dennis Gates. Dennis Gates is another one. Yeah, like, I, I don't... I, I take I Dennis it. Gates all day over Stackhouse. I don't get it. I don't get it, Robbie. I need I need, I need, need you to make me understand. I can understand not putting Jans on there. Had, had, had State beaten, uh, like, Missouri and Bandy and, like, finished with 10 SEC wins, then that's your coach of the year. I can understand, you know, they were nine and they were eight and 10, you know, the, he was bad. The first part of the schedule, I can understand leaving him off. Mm-hmm. I would have, I would have personally, if you're going co-coaches, I would have said Dennis Gates and Buzz Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I might give Gates the edge. I mean, Missouri as a first year coach, you don't know what you're getting out of him. And he wins what eleven games in SEC play, mm-hmm. finishes. What are they? Were they fourth? <clears throat> I mean, uh, that's the that's a. To me, he did some of the best coaching this year of any coach in the SEC. Mm-hmm. So, were, I, yes, yeah, Jerry Stackhouse makes no sense. I don't makes no it. sense to me. Mm-mm. What Paul Jones really? When you say it like this, Paul. You're you're making me think. The league's second best defensive team didn't have any players on the All SEC defensive team. Yeah, a lot of times the coaches do a worse job to me than the media on these on these All SEC lists. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a you know that you know they have a a bias towards certain teams or against them. I don't know, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just it's kind of a weird list in some ways. But then again, I, I thought Tolu was probably going to be second team, so. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I don't have an issue with with, with 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 I don't have a huge issue with it. I, like I said, DJ or Cam could make a could make you can make a case for him. maybe even Deshaun Davis, who's, who's been a, a good defensive player for state. I just feel like there, there aren't many like from a from a. Uh, like statistical standpoint, Steals like and blocks are what people are looking at, and state doesn't have yeah. a, a guy who's just high up on the. What I think state plays great team defense. Everybody yes. kind of works together. There's, there's a symbiotic thing happening there. So it's a it's definitely a unit. We, yeah. We've seen you know we've seen big plays from Deshaun Davis, Shaq. Like the, they've all had their big moments, and they do a good job of guarding. And we've seen that it might not always show up in the, the stat sheet. And that's kind of the issue with these All-SEC teams. I mean, I even find myself doing it. I voted for the men and the AP, All-SEC. Mm-hmm. All and I went straight to secsports.com and looked at the leaders and rebounds and stuff like that. I gathered that information that way. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can't watch every single one of these teams all year, you know, 10 times 
during the season and yeah. make it and make that determination. So it's it's tough yeah. sometimes. And so and like a guy like Oscar Sheboy, if he has and he not that he wasn't totally worthy of being on the All SEC team, really good player. But if he had just had nor- like regular <clears throat> stats, if he has been okay this year, you probably still vote him first team just because you yeah. know who he is. You know who he is. He's the returning SEC Player of the Year. It would be weird if he wasn't on the team. So well, it was the it was like the women this year, um, which I thought this was kind of terrible. Aaliyah Boston was named the Player of the Year mm-hmm. when Angel Reese had one of the greatest seasons of all time in SEC history, and she wasn't named Player of the Year. She was averaging like 20-something points and like 16 rebounds a game. She set the the LSU record. She beat Sylvia Fowles' uh, double-double record uh, at LSU. That's when all the uh, South Carolina women's basketball fans know that's why I'm saying that. I said nothing. (laughs) I said absolutely nothing. That's how it all started. Remember they said that uh, uh, Zai Cook was like leading the SEC of freshmen in points, and I just tweeted, no, Rakia Jackson's leading the SEC freshman in points and they, they just went you insane. You, they got mad at you because you quoted a stat. People get so upset at me for facts. For facts. By the way, I, like, how, I, I will not say you today that you defended Rakia Jackson. I'm very upset about that, but but at the same time, I'm one of those like the truth is the truth. No, and you're right. You're, it absolutely is. The thing that makes me the most upset about Rakia is she blocked me for some unknown reason. I have no clue why she what blocked you do? me. What'd you do? What'd you say? I did nothing to Ricky. I took up for her for many years. I don't know. All right. Uh, yeah, I, I think Jan should have been coach of the year, but that's just me. All right. Tomorrow show. Well, you're a homer. Well, uh, you know what? So what? Sunshine Pumper. Yeah, that's me. That's that's definitely my reputation around the fan bases. Oh, when you when you want sunshine, make sure you tune in to Hey Dad Show. He'll he'll tell you. All right, we got tomorrow. two pockets full of sunshine right here. Tomorrow show is the rumblings. Robbie, if you want to fire off the tweet, we'll start getting our questions in. Uh, and then uh, <clears throat> we'll preview Florida uh, on our Thursday show, which will have, a, I guess, a kind of a short shelf life because uh, that 11 a.m. tip, but that'll be all right. And then we'll come back Friday and, and let you know. if Basically, Friday's show is going to be, we're going to let you know if Mississippi State's in the NCAA tournament or not. Simple as that. So, Yeah. Have a great uh, Tuesday. Spring football is here. Enjoy the start of that, and we'll be back with you on Wednesday. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.